you know, Scott, I was looking for answers. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I was only trying to complement, you know, the new healthier approach. And, and so what I really liked about this framework as well is that it not only focuses on how you can improve your creativity and your optimization in, in business, it talks about, you know, being aware of your health and being aware of relationships and being aware of the fact that you are a member of a community and, and just paying that forwarding. And I've always believed in that as well and supported that, but this was a really nice little one-stop shop manifesto for me to use as framework. And I'm digging it, buddy. Like I'm drinking the Kool-Aid for sure. And I feel great about it. It's, it's right. really- it's sugar-free really Kool-Aid though. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, come on, yeah, come exactly. on. It's got like- well, you know what? Every Saturday we have a cheat, so I put a little vodka in it, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. The most inspiring stories from today's most successful mortgage brokers. Join your host, Scott Peckford, on I Love Mortgage Brokering. Hey, Broker Nation. Scott Peckford here. Today on the show, I have Steve Daynard. He's based out of Niagara Falls. Been in the mortgage business for eight years now, and I've known him for a long time. And I just love the guy. He's got amazing energy. He's very creative. He's always trying something new. And I didn't realize this, but I had been following him online to see that he's been losing weight and doing all this cool stuff. But he actually nearly died in November of last year and got very sick and realized it was a wake up call for him that he actually has to make some changes. And man, has he ever done that? He's completely you know, done a 180 and very inspiring story. So I think you're gonna really enjoy that. Second thing he talks about is how he's now has this 5 a.m. club that he's a part of, which is really just him getting up early in the morning and doing a lot of self-care, mindset work, exercise, something that we all should be doing more of if you're not already doing it. And then the last thing we talk about is SEO. And so 70% of his business comes from SEO and getting really good at SEO. He's in, not in a major market, so it was possible. So we talk about some of his experiences using SEO to grow his business. So we kind of go a little bit all over the place in this show, but I think you're really gonna enjoy it. Conversation with Steve, very inspiring. And yeah, just check this out. And thanks again for checking out our show. Hey, Steve, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Scott. I appreciate it. So I'm going to jump in. You've got lots of stuff going on. We've known each other for a long time. And I've always loved your energy, your, you know, just go, 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 go. You've had some crazy things happen to you in the last year, which we're going to talk about. But maybe before right. we even do that, maybe just tell me a little bit, who is Steve? And how did you get into the mortgage business? And then I want to get into your story. Yeah, so Steve Gaynard, I'm from Niagara Falls, Ontario, Canada, and I've been in the mortgage space since 2013. I'm a broker. This is my second career. I worked in government in Toronto for 30 years and was going to retire at the age of 49 with a full pension, needed something to do. And somebody who worked for me, his wife was a mortgage broker with Mortgage Center Canada. We connected one night for coffee. I said, hey, you know, tell me about this mortgage stuff. We'll be, you know, talking about it. And I said, okay, where do I sign up? So literally I dove in finished up, you know, my time, retired, and started to, about six months later, get my act together, understanding the space even more, and I haven't looked back. Right. You know, it's interesting. I've always joked with you that you don't see many people come out of a 30-year government job to being an entrepreneur because they just seem to be so, you know, no offense if you have a government job and you're listening to this, but they seem to be not the same. They seem to be dissimilar. Well, you know, I also have a Bachelor of Commerce in Entrepreneurial Management from actually Royal Roads University out of your neck of the woods. And so I got that kind of, you know, later in life, it was more of a personal accomplishment. And so that was focused on entrepreneurial management. I always thought, even though I worked for government, I started when I was 19, 
great, you know, salary benefits. I had a family to support. You know, I really thought that I was an entrepreneur. I really thought of myself in a government role. Okay, that's actually being, really, as, that's really good. As, as yeah. being a resource. So I knew maybe in my heart that it always wasn't a fit for me because it didn't fit in that particular model, but I made the best of it. I was always a resource for anyone who came to my department. I had a great job. So expanding this into the entrepreneurial space really wasn't that big of a jump for me. Sure, I had to learn things like, you know, budgeting and social media and all that stuff, but really, you know, the mindset was always there for me. It resonated with me. And so I really thought that uh, I don't leave my life by shoulda, coulda, wouldas, but a couple of times I've thought, wow, what would I be like today if I hadn't got into mortgage brokering when I was in my early 20s? But again, that's just a fleeting you know, thought because we can't change what we haven't done in the past. Right. right. Yeah. I don't dwell on that either. I'm kind of yeah. I'm just like, well, you know what? Learn from it and move on. Sure. So you, last year, you had a good year in terms of your mortgage production. You got a team and stuff that we talked about, but yeah. you had something happen what, that literally shook you to the core. So right. why don't you tell me about what happened in November and how that's completely like a trajectory changing event. Yeah, great question. So in November, I was feeling a little bit off and I wasn't sure what was going on and, you know, typical old guy problems. And what happened was I had a bladder infection, which within 24 hours got severe. It escalated. I don't even remember. My wife called the ambulance and basically I was canatonic on our bedroom floor. My eyes were open. I wasn't resonating anything at all. I couldn't hear anything. I had a temperature of 107 in change when the ambulance got here. Next thing I remember, I was kind of being wheeled into you know, emergency, kind of coming to there. And in my mind, I could formulate everything that was going on. I was, okay, this has got to be a hospital. Kind of where am I? It took a few minutes to kind of get my thoughts collected. And as they were talking to me, I'm trying to verbalize the words that I'm formulating in my head. But there was this disconnect, and I, it kind of scared me. I was like, wow. And then that uh, petered off. And turned out that I had this severe bladder infection that was in my blood system. I was septic and, you know, they put me on big antibiotics. And then about six days later, I finally made it home. I was really lucky, Scott. Like it could have gone very differently. So could you, could that have, could you died from that? Like, they say that's a hundred percent for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and, and so one of the big things is, is that when your temperature, I'm not a doctor, a medical professional, when your temperature gets that high, what they really fear for is brain damage. Has something happened as a result of the high temperature? One of the first things they did was they gave me a head CT scan just to make sure, was there any issues there? Touchwood, super lucky. And then, you know, I guess I just responded really well to the treatment and uh, started to recover really quickly. But, you know, my weight had kind of got out of control. I packed on some beef. I was like, you know, I'm not vibing this. I really need to kind of make a change. And, you know, again, you know, I don't want to blame COVID, but clearly our lifestyles did change because we were more home-based you know, we had a brick and mortar that we had in St. Catharines that we ended up letting go in July because nobody was using it. And, you know, just like everyone else in the free world. And so, you know, it really caused me to take a good hard look at, you know, buddy, what are you doing? You know, you're not getting any younger and you've got grandkids and kids and a family and, you know, there's just way more going on. You need to really start taking a look at this. Right. So then, okay, what that led to, what changes did you put into practice? Because I've been actually following yeah. you on social media and I've seen some of the cool things you're doing and that prompted me to reach out to you again, since we haven't talked yeah. in a bit, but so tell me what kind of changes you put in place. Great question. So, you know, so on Tuesday, 
January the 5th after kind of one of my son's birthday was on the 4th. So we had a birthday celebration. And I, over the Christmas holidays, I've been saying to my wife, you know, I really want to lose some tonnage. I got to take control of the situation, make it better, start feeling better. You know, you get older, the hips start aching, the knees start aching, all that other great stuff, right? And so I have a hobby as well that I'm really active in that's really physical as well, but I'll get to that later. Um, I, I, but, yeah, I know this. I know this. <laughs> Unless it's changed, I think I know what you're it's talking about. It's the same thing. It's okay. the same thing. But, you know, I said to my wife, so I'm going to go back on a program that we did about 11, 12 years ago where I dropped like a lot of weight. I felt awesome when I did it. And, you know, like this is the second time in my life I've been up to that weight, the heaviest ever in my life. And so, you know, I just started on the program. We had it here in our personal, you know, file and started on the program. It's awesome. And I'm down. I'm only weighing myself once every month. And so I'm weighing myself coming up in a couple of days on April the 1st. But I know my last weighing, I was down 41 pounds from early January, feeling really great about it. And then after about a month on the program, Gary Morris, who had a great webinar series that he offered, and Robin Sharma, the author of the 5am club and the monk who sold his Ferrari was one of the guest speakers. And Gary was awesome. He sent out, you know, copies of the 5am club to everyone who attended the webinar. And so I started to dig into the book in early February, even though the diet seemed to be on control, I was feeling way better about that rejuvenating it myself. And then so this really resonated with me, it gave me some structure, you know, in the book, he goes into discussing and I guess I'm getting nothing out of this. This is just me being an advocate for the fact that I like the framework and I like the fact that, you know, it gives you or proposes to you what your day should look like to be optimized. And it really resonated with me because obviously, you know, Scott, I was looking for answers. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I was wanting to try to complement, you know, the new healthier approach. And, and so what I really liked about this framework as well is that it not only focuses on how you can improve your creativity and your optimization in, in business, it talks about, you know, being aware of your health and being aware of relationships and being aware of the fact that you are a member of a community and, and just paying that forwarding. And I've always believed in that as well and supported that. But this was a really nice little one-stop shop manifesto for me to use as framework. And I'm digging it, buddy. Like I'm drinking the Kool-Aid for sure. And I feel great about it. It's, it's right. really- it's sugar-free really Kool-Aid though. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, come on, yeah, come exactly. on. It's got like- well, you know what? Every Saturday we have a cheat, so I put a little vodka in it, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so a couple thoughts on this. First thought is, is when the student is ready, the master will appear. So you were ready for this whole right. Robin Sharma 5 a.m. Yeah. club book, and you are like, okay, this is exactly how I'm going to continue this habit of exercise and these other lifestyle changes. But what time do you get up and what do you do? What is your first your morning routine? In particular, I want to know what you're kind of doing before 7 a.m. or so. Yeah. What does that so, look like? Great question. So I get up at 4.30 every morning and I mean, I know technically, you know, it's like a 4.45 normal for a five o'clock start, but I'm actually part of a group. Do you know Joe Trimboli from Mortgage Alliance? I know who he is, yeah. Su su super great dude, right? So he has a 5.30 wake up call. So Michelle Stucco, who's one of our regional business development managers for Mortgage Architects, introduced me to this when she saw the path that I was on. So technically what happens, I kind of, you know, peeled back the 5 a.m. start to 4.30 so I can be part of the 5.30 group. So essentially 4.30 up, you know, go to the washer and brush my teeth. And I'm right down into the family room on YouTube, either doing some form of resistance band training, aerobic training and or yoga. And so I do that seven days a week. Normally, Saturday, Sunday, 
I focus more on yoga because I really like it. I'm a big guy. I'm six foot four. But what I really like about yoga is the fluidity that it allows me to develop in my body. And, you know, when you're that big, you know, it's not easy to get down and do a downward dog or whatever. So when you're practicing that, I really like the fact that it makes me more agile and like I said, gives me more fluidity in my body and all like the lower back pain, all this stuff goes away, which really, really is helpful for me. So, you know, you're supposed to do it for 20 minutes. It's close to 30 minutes for me. Try and get a little sweat going on. Then I get ready. I get breakfast together, which basically is yogurt and berries and it's plain yogurt. There's no additives in it. We don't do refined sugar. We don't do no pasta, no rice, no potato three meals a day, like it's very, very structured. We weigh all of our food, no snacking, five hours in between each meal. Like it's really, really regimented, but it works for us. And I think mm -hmm. it works for us because, you know, 90% of the time you don't really have a need to be able to vary from that. And then I get into the 5.30 group, make myself a coffee, a cup of coffee in the morning. Don't drink coffee during the day at all. Get into that and get into the 5.30. So the 5.30 wake-up call is basically a book club. But we're talking about personal development, business development, more on the personal side. And everyone reads this book. There's like 125 of us that get together. We read the same book together. We discuss it. And it's Monday to Friday. And it's super, super cool. And then after that, I get my wife's breakfast together. I wake up about quarter to seven and get her a coffee and I do some personal reading and at eight o'clock I start my day. Right. And what time do you have to go to bed to make this happen? So nine because if you you can't sit till midnight and, and no function way. at a four thirty. No, 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 no. Yeah. It's interesting because you know he talks about the fact that people, you know, are doing five o'clock, like what are you on crack cocaine? Like you're gonna have a five o'clock. It's like, well, listen, they're saying as if they're missing out on something. Well, clearly, you know, you need seven, seven and a half hours of sleep. So you gotta dial it back. If you get up at 4.30, I got to go to bed by nine. And I'm really lucky. I got no problem going to sleep. So- And you don't, like have, you don't have little kids, right? So that's the other thing. Somebody's well, listening to this. grandkids, but they can go home when they need to, right? <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I used to get up earlier. My kids are staying up later. And so then I've sort of started to gravitate towards now. I'm like more like six in the morning, which feels like, you know, sleeping in, but you're inspiring me, brother. Okay, so- Well, so, so Scott, you know what the best thing about the morning is? The solitude. Yeah. Or as Robin calls it, the quietude. It's like, you know, you're there by yourself. And so, and it's also a no technology zone. So you're really trying not to jump onto the phone. You're not trying to get into emails. You're not doing all that crap. You're reading, you're reflecting. He's a big proponent of meditation. So 20 minutes of meditation. There's some really great apps out there. Have you ever heard of binaural beats? So yeah, I have, yeah. Oh my God. I, I am a huge fan. I can't believe it how quickly it makes me kind of focus and connect and push out all those thoughts of well today i got a yada 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 it's a right. really great way to be able to help me focus on the task at hand and just kind of be introspective and just kind of be you know mm -hmm. yeah that's Super awesome cool. man and so what has been the biggest challenge for you to implement this i mean you had strong motivation but strong motivation isn't always enough so what's right. helpful for you to be able to continue this so, you know, I think I've done this enough times, you know, in my history, I'm 56 years old and this isn't my first, you know, rodeo. Okay. Yeah. And then, so just looking back on, you know, these other attempts, you know, over, you know, life, I'm hit with the revelation that what if next time you get, you know, an infection as a result of something and your blood system goes septic and you don't make it out of it. So, you know, I don't want to say you need to be scared by a near life, you know, event, 
but I certainly think that for many, it's a motivation. And for me, I was like, you know what? I'm way too young. I love life. I've got so much to offer. I have people that rely on me. I have people that, you know, I want to be able to support, you know, in our community. I'm also a big volunteer locally. And I don't want that to be over, you know? And so I think that everything comes to us when we have those questions. I've always said, you know, the universe has a way of finding answers for you. But the big key to that is, is when you're open to that information, it's always been there. It's just that now you're receptive to it. So it was my time for, you know, and the 66 day challenge, which basically is statistically, it takes 66 days for you to rewire and create a new routine. And certainly, you know, the odds of you continuing after 66 days are higher when you've committed to that level. And honestly, Scott, I got to tell you, I have not missed one day. And today is like day 54 or day 55 for me. And I'm vibing it. Like I said to you earlier, before we got on the call here, you know, last two mornings, I got up at like 418. And I'm like, okay, I wasn't, you know, hit with the whole, oh, I'm going to make sure the alarm doesn't go off in 12 minutes. I got up. I just said, okay, I'll just start my day a little bit earlier. And I felt great about it. I didn't feel as if I was lacking. I didn't feel resentful. And I think the big thing is, is that, you know, when you're getting enough sleep and I really like my morning time for sure. Right. And do you do this in the weekends as well? Absolutely. hundred percent for sure. Because you know what? I can see myself getting derailed, Scott. You know, if I don't commit to this hundred percent, I think old habits die really hard. And I think that it'll be very easy to be able to slide back into, you know, that shoulda, coulda, woulda routine where you're like, ah, you know what? I don't want to do that. While I'm riding the wave, I want to make sure I'm committed to it. Right. That's good. You know, they talk about the 66 days and I call it a new neural ditch. So it's a new pathway where you're developing from just repetition, repetition. And so that's great. So in terms of your business, we were chatting with something else. So I'll switch gears here for a second, but your business, the way you've structured it, you've done lots of creative things in the past, which is one of the things I've always loved talking about. But recently you've been having success with, I'm not, I don't want to, I shouldn't be leading you, but what are you having success with? Uh, I don't know what you're going to say to the answer to this. What are you having success with in your business? Yeah. So, so great question. I mean, so I need to tell you, first of all, okay, I went the route of real estate agents and trying to find, you know, a big network and all that stuff. And that worked okay for a while. But in 2017, Niagara went through a market correction and there was no inventory. And we're going through like a bet with that right now. And so what happened was, is that, you know, when you're relying on real estate agents for the majority of your referrals, and if there's no inventory and the markets aren't really moving, guess what? You're starving to a degree. Okay, so it was really important at that point. I diversified and got into focusing more on SEO and blogs and trying to be able to get out there from a Google perspective and make sure you're searchable on Google in your market and really dove into blogs and optimizing them. And I was really lucky. It was almost like overnight, Scott. All of the relationships I was trying to sustain with like, you know, 12, 13, 14 real estate agents automatically because of our market situations within 30 days i was able to you know convert that into seo and google calls which was fantastic so i was super lucky at that right now where i am right now a couple years later is is that things are going well i'm super happy with our business and we still have real estate agents that refer to us for sure but i haven't been focused on cultivating additional relationships. Now I'm feeling like I need to be able to diversify a little bit more and get some additional referral partners.
lawyers going on, not just realtors, but we have some great real estate lawyers as well who support our business and financial planners and that. So I'm looking at a little bit of a different referral market and that's all focused around Google. Right. And so what percentage of your business would you say right now comes from, you know, SEO people finding you? Oh, like 70%. 70%. And where does the rest come from? Repeat clients, referrals through from, we probably got about maybe six or seven really solid referral partners who send us through their opportunities. So the majority of that though is definitely through Google, SEO. I don't pay for Google ads. I just get money out there on optimizing my blogs and uh, we don't pay for any form of advertisement at all. Right. And you talked about wanting to be in the three pack, right? Which is those three that show up. Yeah. So on, on the map. Right? Yeah. So you need a Google My Business account and you need to be able to be supporting your Google My Business account by way of blogs as well and images. Google My Business really likes images. And so we do that regularly as well. I'm on Canva, you know, almost every day, putting content out there. And so that works well. It's kind of like, you know, one of those things where you need to be able to focus on three or four media channels that work for you and your target audience. And then from there, really dive into it and make sure your messaging is clear. And I'm also a really big proponent about I am who I am in real life as the same person I am in business. You know, I've never really believed that I have to display a different persona when it comes to being a mortgage broker. I am who I am. And I think that if I represent, you know, my personality, either by way of video, as far as marketing material is concerned or whatever, when somebody calls me, there's not going to be a disconnect. They're going to say, hey, you know what, that guy is exactly the same way when you talk to him as what you think he's going to be like before you decide you're going to call him. I think the reason for that is, is that people who gravitate with who I am as an individual, my choice of language, my communication style or whatever, are not going to say, well, wait a minute, he had a pinstripe suit on, you know, in his photo, but when we talk with him, he's not that guy. You know what I mean? Right. He's wearing a hoodie. Uh, I want to make sure there's a congruency there. I want to make sure that it is what it is. And then that way I find that when people call you, it's because you resonate with them, whatever it is you're saying. And that's really important to me. Right. Okay. So somebody's listening to this and they're like, Hey, this sounds great. I'd love to have more SEO in my business. A couple questions. How much time do you have to invest per week? And then the second question is how long could somebody expect before they would get results? So great questions. So I think there's a couple answers to that. So number one, I do two blogs a month and they're optimized. Okay. And so I vary the blog topics based on whatever target market is I'm trying to be able to focus on. The other thing too, is I want to make sure my website has a balanced representation of two or three key concepts that are aligned with our clients in our region. So we really like to focus on first time home buyers, refinances, and also, you know, business for self and investment properties. So we try to put content out there because that's what really sells in our current marketplace. The other thing that I think is really important to understand is, is that if you are an agent in a major market, you may have a harder time getting into the three pack and also getting into organically page one. Okay. It's going to take you a little bit of a longer time. I think that if you are an agent that is in a smaller market, you're going to have a much easier time getting there because generally speaking, Scott, people in the real estate industry and mortgage space suck when it comes to this. Right. Yeah. And they're kind of, they're, they, they kind of suck and they're kind of late. They're also lazy. So they don't do it. Right. So this isn't really a hard concept to get your head around. Listen, Scott, I have a post-it note on one of my monitors here in front of me and you know what it says? 
It says Steve's number one role, make the phone ring. And it's underlined and it's highlighted. And we talk, you know, in our mortgage space about you can hire somebody to do SEO for you. You can hire somebody to be able to be social media for you. Bottom line here is that you are in 100% commission-based business and you're in sales. Your number one job is to prospect. So tell people what you do and why you do it and why you love to do it. Make the phone ring. Right. Make the phone ring. All right. So last question I'm going to ask you about. So personal wise, what is the hobby that you're in? That's very unique. Right. That, that people would be like, what? I didn't know. <laughs> you know, you're a six foot four. You're, you look like you could be a linebacker. Maybe like when you were younger. So you can't yeah. picture Steve. You'd be like, yeah, he could be a linebacker. So yeah. what, what do you do for your hobby? So we've been involved with purebred dogs since like the mid seventies when I was a young teen and I'm a dog show judge. So I basically have been involved with the purebred dog community for decades. We've had a lot of success, you know, in that space. And it was an evolution for me to go into judging. So I am an international all breed dog show judge. And the awesome thing about this is I get to continue doing what I love. It's not to the same degree as when we were actively showing and campaigning our dogs, but it's great. We're still part of the community and I get to travel all over the world. So judging and it's phenomenal. Right. Somebody pays for you to travel around. And so let me ask you this. If you had to pick one breed of dogs, you know, yeah. all the breeds. So you right. got to pick one breed. What's your breed? So our breed is English Springer Spaniels. We still have a soft spot for them. I mean, we don't have them anymore, but really we love them because they're ideal size. They're great family dogs, and that would be our number one breed for sure. But having said that, as an all-breed judge, you get exposed to all breeds. You have to understand them, understand their temperaments, etc. So we really respect other breeds, even though we might necessarily have thought about only one at some point in our life. Right. I got a friend who he's an oil patch worker. He had a business on yeah. the oil patch and he bought a Shih Tzu that was a ribbon winning. This little Shih Tzu has so much attitude. It just acts awesome. like it's like it walks around like I am a big deal. Like, I love and uh, <laughs> but he does not seem the kind of guy who would have this. And he loves this dog. This dog goes with him everywhere. Right. So you imagine cool. this like, you know, burly oil field worker with this little Shih Tzu that he takes around with him. And so it's just, awesome. yeah, you guys got some really good, great dog people out West for sure. Yeah. Okay. So where can people find you online? If they're like, Hey man, where could they find you? Yeah, so I'm on all social media channels, you know, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, and uh, also too, if you want to check out my website at themortgageguyinagra.com, you can drop me a chat online. If you want to discuss anything with regards to, you know, your business or strategies for digital marketing, I'm more than happy to give you my two cents worth. I might not totally understand it, but I would have probably had some form of an insight to it, and I'm happy to be a resource. Right. That's awesome. Well, I appreciate you, man. And I'm so glad that your things are going well. And, you know, your 5 a.m. club is inspiring me. Maybe I need to get up earlier again. <laughs> a little earlier, everybody. Slacking. <laughs> 6 a.m. is like, holy crap, the day's almost over. Exactly. Yeah. Well, you know what? Your 6 a.m. is my 9 a.m. So I'm going to be like, I'm going to be slagging you saying, hey, buddy, you're getting up now. Yeah, exactly. That's awesome. Okay, man. Good connect. All right, then. Thanks for your time. This is an I Love Mortgage Brokering production.